0: Merry Christmas. My name is Brad Watson, and this is the Saturate Podcast's Advent devotional called Preparing Room. This is a 25-day reflective journey through the themes of Advent, as well as the themes of being the people God called us to be, so I hope that you will enjoy it. In addition to this devotional, we also have resources on Advent that I'd love for you to check out at saturatetheworld.com. One is the Advent Community Guide, which will help you have engaging conversations throughout this season as your community gets together. There's also crafts and coloring sheets for children as well as alternative ways to use it with your children and family gatherings. So it's a great resource just to use with families as well. Also, we have a holiday missional community planning guide that will help leaders engage and plan for this season so that people will grow in your community, and their love for God during this season, their love for one another in this season, and their love for their neighbor this season. So make sure you check both of those out. And with that, let's engage today's reflection. The Kingdom That Divides Growing up, my family spent each night of the holidays sitting beneath the glow of the Christmas tree and watching Christmas movies. Uh, We watched the original Miracle on 34th Street. We watched the new Miracle on 34th Street, which now I realize is over 20 years old. Uh, We also watched the trilogy of the Santa Claus movies Uh, where the dad becomes Santa Claus each time. We also watched multiple versions of The Christmas Carol. We watched romantic comedies that just vaguely took place during Christmas, like While You Were Sleeping. And uh, we watched Arnold Schwarzenegger Christmas movies. And and each of the movies ends with a lovely similarity. Uh, There's kissing, there's comfort, there's warm homes, there's snow, and there's singing. Uh, they end with Christmas as it was meant to be, I guess. Uh, this is at least what we might imagine. This is peace on earth. This is shalom. This is Christmas feelings. As we examined earlier in these reflections, that's what the angels sang to us, right? That's what the angels sang to the shepherds. It's recorded in Luke, peace on earth. But Jesus also, through the Gospels, makes some rather confusing claims about how and why he came. In fact, he says very bluntly in Matthew ten thirty four through 36, he says, Don't think I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Man, on on first blush, you might notice a few things. One, if Jesus came to get sons and fathers and mothers and daughters and in-laws to be against each other, mission accomplished, right? That's the reality we live in. The other thing you might notice is Jesus is divisive. His kingdom doesn't come with perfect snow and hugs gathered around the Christmas tree, the sword of Jesus's life and his existence, puts a wedge in the world. Jesus, the reality of the incarnation of God in flesh, saying that he's king, puts a wedge in the world. But Jesus doesn't stop at that quote. He goes on to say this, whoever loves his father and mother more than me is not worthy of me, Whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Family, Jesus is saying, isn't everything. Your parents or your children are not everything. In fact, they aren't worthy of your devotion. Jesus will not allow you to put your hope in your parents' approval. He will not stomach your worship of your children and their success and their presence with you at Christmas time. He will not settle for a Christmas card. He demands full devotion from each of us. He demands that you consider what God thinks of you, not what your parents think of you. Jesus is either the greatest gift you could ever receive, or he's not. Either you give everything you have and make all consideration for his will, his purpose, his kingdom, Or you haven't really seen it at all. And that's still, though, not the end of the quote. Jesus goes on. He says, and whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Jesus says, you must lose your life. You must do the calculus and the cost-benefit analysis with regards to your soul, your personality, your story, your gifts, your resources, your time, energy, family, and money, and decide, is Jesus worthy of your life? In our church in Soma, Los Angeles, we often talk about our gospel identity, that we're transformed by the gospel and given a new identity in Christ. What Jesus is describing here is, will you give up your identity as a mother, as a father, as a daughter, as a son, to make way for your new identity in the gospel as my son, my servant, my ambassador? Will you surrender your self-made identity around your job and your accomplishments and your nuclear family and your political party and your causes and your schedule? And will that make way for an identity marked by the cross? Jesus doesn't come to bring a false peace, where we continue to put worship and adoration that our families could never sustain. Jesus came to restore you to the one love, the one hope, and the one Lord that could fulfill you to the end. The arrival of Jesus' peace carries with it a choice. Is he worthy of everything or is he worthy of nothing? Nothing. Is Jesus king over everything, or is he the king over nothing? Which leads us to later on in the the Gospel of Matthew, uh, after Jesus has risen from the dead, he gathered his disciples together before he ascended into heaven, and he makes this declaration. It's in Matthew 28. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. When you gaze at the nativity scene, do you see the King with all authority in heaven and on earth? Do you see his rule and reign of everything below your feet and everything above it? Does he carry more weight than anything else in this world? Is he the one that reigns? Is your life marked by submission to him? How will you answer that call to live your life under his complete authority, to live a life marked by submission? to live with Jesus as Lord, to submit your whole self to him. Just a warning, if you do, not only will you experience life, but there will be for many anger because you no longer worship them. And even then, though, you get called a peacemaker. And the Beatitudes also found in Matthew chapter 5. Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who find and make peace. While adoring and following Jesus creates a wedge in this world, and Jesus commands our full submission, and it ends with your life, it actually creates peace. You are a peacemaker in that scenario. What will Jesus call you to do as your king? He will call you to love your neighbor. What will Jesus demand of you? He will demand that you find rest in him. What will Jesus command you to do? Forgive others. Push back darkness. Care for the wounded. Welcome the stranger into your life and your home. And lead your family to do the same. How blessed are we. To call him Lord, and that he would send us into the world pointing to him, the one who enables the soul to feel its worth. That is a different kind of peace. It does bring a wedge, but it brings truth and hope and peace. Wait, before you go, I just want to say a few things about a new resource that's come out recently called The Gospel Basics for Kids. It's an amazing resource that we hope that you'll check out. It's for preschool-aged children, and it guides these kids through discussions and story and music and crafts and illustrations and coloring sheets. All to introduce these young children to the important discipleship uh, realities of gospel, identity, rhythms, and essentially the way that we teach and train and disciple adults, we're doing it for kids. Because our children are not the disciples of the future, they're the disciples of today. And so go to saturatetheworld.com or amazon.com to learn more about the gospel basics for kids and get your copy.